0: HealthLock lock has helped its members save over 130 million dollars so to save visit healthlock.com today that's healthlock.com today this is your moment your time to shine your comeback
1: at 8 p.m., and when they declared a winner, Iowa was like, show off. (laughs) If the New Hampshire primary was held today, and good news, if anyone's in the market for some Joe Biden campaign merchandise, I think it's about to get a whole lot cheaper. Based on uh, a lot of polls, Joe Biden was on track to finish the night in fourth or fifth place. I'm not saying Biden's in trouble, but the coronavirus is pulling ahead of him. You know, it's just... (laughs)
2: That's an odd joke. You know what we should have done? We should have played that back-to-back because you dug up a Carson joke about Biden running for president the first time he ran. Oh, When Johnny yeah. Carson was the host of that same show, the Tonight Show, um, that's how long he's been running for president. He's, same result. He's run for president three times, spread out over three decades, and he's yet to finish above fourth? Is that correct? Yeah, highest is fourth. In I any... apologize for that. There's <laughs> no apology needed, really, but uh,
1: in any caucus or primary, even in, it just, you'd think, well, the people of Colorado love Joe Biden, Jim. No, he's never found that state. <laughs> he literally cannot find a state to vote for him. But somebody, and listen, old Joe, I mean, he's, he's I'm not going to say he's got a foot in the grave, but... You know, it's, it's, he's certainly got a foot at the the, the the driveway of the cemetery. Anyway, um, he's an old guy. But he uh, he got talked and cajoled and arm-twisted into
2: running for president. So, and you know it was against his better judgment. So the Tonight Show making fun of him last night, and the Tonight Show making fun of him decades ago.
0: Now, on, on the political scene,
1: uh, one of the Democratic candidates is Senator Joseph Biden. Have you seen the problem he's been having? He went around and made a speech, and apparently... He quoted a, I think it was a British politician, took his speech and kind of paraphrased it as his own. Not to worry, he reassured his staff. He said, we have nothing to fear but fear
2: itself. (laughs) So, but so a joke about Biden not being good at running for president from the, the host of the Tonight show, Johnny Carson. Was that 88? And from Jimmy Fallon. Or
1: 87?
2: That is something. Uh, and Ian Bremmer points out in his uh, Twitter feed that in the last 40 years, there's only been one person not win, Iowa or New Hampshire, and end up be president, and that was Bill Clinton. So mm. uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, and no, well. no precedent matters, as we've said over and over again. Might as well throw it out the door. It's a different game now, um, is what it
1: is. Right, which is fine. That's fine. I just, I'm just i so tired of listening to the pontificators. I keep getting sucked in by the, the cable news types and the, the alleged political wizards who write for the big papers talking about the probable this, that, and the other in South Carolina. We just found out. Uh, it was I guess this morning that um, what was the percentage of folks in New Hampshire that weren't even decided till they watched the debate Friday
2: night? Half made up their mind okay. after
1: the debate. So how many polls did you see of New Hampshire in the preceding six months? I mean it's just ridiculous to look at it. means and then, nothing.
2: And then national polls. Well, you can't you can't even. You can't overstate how meaningless those are.
1: Right. Well, and in the tournament of idiocy, leaping ahead of that would be the national polls if Trump ran against X, Y, or Z. Right. After You know, 10% of
2: people are really paying
1: attention to at you all.
2: You're literally, and I'm using literally on purpose, knowing what the word means. You're literally discussing something that has no foundation of truth. If you have that discussion based on those numbers, right? You're just you're having a. It's a completely hypothetical. Yeah. There's nothing to base the conversation on. Right. It's it's all. It'd be the same as if. What well, if a unicorn fought a griffin? Yeah. You know, what if Biden had two heads and Trump could fly? Who do you think would win? <laughs> it's the same conversation as looking at the poll numbers because I have, like
1: the flying guy in that one. <laughs> I
2: don't know what two heads would be. I don't know. At least you could have a discussion with, amongst yourselves and come up with a good plan.
1: You could sing harmonies. Um, sing Simon Garfunkel classics by yourself.
2: Came across this uh, earlier, not, not political related at all, thank God. You're not listening. Here's why in the New York Times. There's an unconscious tendency, tendency to tune out people you feel close to because you think you already know what they're going to say. <laughs> oh, boy. Does it count if I already know what they're going to say? <laughs> if I was right, yeah, yeah. if I'm right. You know that boy,
1: that reminds me of my wife. She's such a honey. I mean, I love her like crazy, but I will unleash what I think is really a pretty nice riff at home just to stay in practice, you know. And she'll give me the uh-huh, and I'll think, "Wait a minute, not only was that like a fake
2: laugh, but I don't think you heard right. my riff." Yeah, that that was
1: me. a really good riff.
2: Well, th- this explains why it happens. It's incredibly ironic. About interpersonal communication, but studies have shown the closer we feel towards someone, the less likely we are to listen to them. It's called <laughs> the closeness communication bias, and over time, it can strain even end relationships. So I should be flattered by the fact that she's ignoring well, me. That means you're close. Yeah. Once you know people well enough to feel close, there's an unconscious tendency to tune them out because you think you already know what they're going to say. It's kind of like when you've traveled a certain route many times, so you no longer notice signposts or scenery or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, the closest human communication bias is at work when romantic partners feel they don't know each other anymore or when parents discovered their children are up to things they never would have imagined. It could occur when two people spend all their time together and have many of the same experiences. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Some more of the research. Um, Social science researchers have repeatedly demonstrated the closeness communication bias in experimental setups where they paired subjects first with friends or spouses, then with strangers. In each scenario, the researchers asked subjects to interpret what their partners were saying. While the subjects predicted that they would more accurately understand, obviously, and be understood by those who they had a close relationship with, Mm -hmm. they didn't. They didn't understand them any better than the strangers, often worse. Well, of course, I would understand what Joe's going to say or my wife's going to say because I know them really well. Sure. But no, I don't pay attention to them as close as I do to the stranger. Here he goes with the blah, blah, blah. Because <laughs> I know what Joe's going to say. Good well, Lord. I get it. Um, uh, A stranger. Liar. listen? <laughs> well, right. as, well,
1: many people have uh, made that same judgment. <laughs> for the years.
2: A, what an interesting, re- I'm going to work on that now that I know it. Well, if you're talking to a stranger, you don't know which direction they're going to go. Yeah. They
1: might say something insightful. They might say something idiotic. They might say something threatening. You just don't know. you got to
2: be on your toes. Yeah, and there's all kinds of things you're trying to do. With a stranger, I'm trying to figure out right away. Um, uh, well, first of all, our animal brains are trying to figure out, are you a threat to me anyway? Friend or foe. Am I safe talking to you? Are you about to attack me? Then you're, then I'm trying to figure out, usually, how smart are you? Are you uh, pretty sharp? Are you kind of mm. dumb? You know, you're trying to interpret that. you got a number of things you're trying to figure out, so you're listening to them. All those decisions have been made with people I'm close, and my wife's not going to attack me. I know exactly where I rank her on the smart list. Um, you know, anybody else that you know. Your wife's not going to attack you yet. <laughs> New phrase in my house, I ignore
1: you because I love you. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm not listening because I feel so close to you.
2: No, I didn't hear that. It's because you're so special to me. Because we're so close. So no <laughs> why I can't you see that? I didn't hear a thing you just said.
1: Oh <laughs> boy. We talked about this last week. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I remember. Oh, what, what... what 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 did we say? How
2: often does that happen Either in a marriage? One of us... <laughs> You don't remember the other day when we discussed this specifically? I'm going to pick them up, then you're going to no? Okay, we got nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I gotta admit, I gotta admit, I get, I can get a little uh, testy about that.
2: With my son, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a closeness thing. It could be. But I, I have to get his attention. i got to make sure he says, pause the TV, no sound. Oh, I want yeah. you to look, look at me. Oh, are yeah. you looking at me right now? Yep. Or I often, after I say something, what did I just say? I have to say, huh? and regularly, the most common answer to either one of my kids after, what did I just say is, I don't know. <laughs> 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 now, I want you to get your shoes. I want you to put them by the door so you know where they are in the morning and make sure your homework's in your backpack. What did I just say? Put my shoes on in the morning. I I don't know. know. (laughs) I'm not sure. Something about (laughs) shoes. (laughs) Oh, humans are so strange. There we we go. We all learned about uh, closeness bias there. (sighs) Play that out at home with your husband or wife or friend or whatever. Hilarious.
1: Did you hear they, uh, they leveled new charges against old Jussie Smollett? Hmm. Some special prosecutor stepped in because the Chicago, uh, you know, that Fox woman is so utterly corrupt that they said, wait a minute, you can't just dismiss charges out of nowhere and announce that, well, he agreed if we can keep the fine, we'd let him off. What is that? So as corrupt as Chicago and Illinois is, they decided that was not good and they've re-leveled a bunch of charges against the guy for wasting hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of police money and And the rest of it, you know, I'd like to see him find just for whipping up racial animosity in the country for his own advantage. There's so many people doing that, and it's just unholy. I mean, it's immoral.
2: It's it's awful. We've got breaking news: Deval Patrick has dropped out of the 2020 presidential race. When we come back, we'll break down his candidacy, what went wrong, what went right, and where will his support go? No, we won't. Armstrong and Getty.
1: Is it right now? Oh, that works. It's putting me to sleep. Scientists have created an environmentally friendly lullaby for parents whose uh, little chillins only go to sleep when they're in the car.
2: What's an environmentally friendly lullaby? Like? Uh, it's kind of a stretch,
1: honestly, if you
2: ask me, but they
1: their kid finally goes to sleep when they're riding around in the car, oh, and wow. I have had periods of oh, raising yeah. babies when that was true, and you would do anything... Anything to get
2: your kid to go to sleep, including driving around aimlessly. Oh, the environmentally friendly part because you don't have to drive around to do it now. Is that? I I thought that was self
1: evident. Oh, I didn't didn't get that. Oh, sorry. Um, So yeah, so instead of actually driving around, you play that for
2: him. Well, that's not going to work. Oh hell yeah, it is. Listen to this. That's pretty good. But you
1: got the little tones. There's something about the motion
2: of the car or something because the tones are killing me.
1: Wow. Man, it makes me want to go to sleep.
2: But I tried to pull off so many times, still do, because I have to do this with Henry sometimes to get him to sleep. Go for a drive. Uh, We'll drive. I've driven hours with him recently to try to get him to sleep. But um, if I can get him to sleep and then slow down very gradually and then park, then I lean back my seat and I go to sleep. Now we're both asleep. That's what I try to pull off.
1: Jack to further go down uh, the that, avenue. That of... didn't make me really tired though. Oh, I know I was tired going in.
2: It's like I got shot with a
1: dart. Yeah, I know that was amazing. Jack, the uh, need for some children to ride around the car to fall asleep creates an issue for parents with zero emission electric cars. <laughs> oh, because while they're great for the I environment, I hate you, whoever you are. I hate you. While they're great for the environment, the Shut silent up. nature means they're not ideal for getting a baby to fall asleep. My mom used to put me in the dry, on the dryer, not in the dryer, <laughs> on the dryer. That explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah, since I was unconscious. The tumbling. Being unconscious helped me sleep. Then yeah, the dryer will do it. That's a good one. I've done that, too. Uh, speaking of the environment, did you hear that it was 65 degrees in Antarctica the other day? Mm. 65 degrees in the South Pole. Is that it's, usual for this time of year? It's unusual. Oh. It's uh, very warm. It's the warmest temperature ever, they think, down there. They're verifying the record. I don't know how you do that. If the temperature says 65, what are you going to do? I check other thermometers, I guess, but that's warm. Which brings us to the global warming thing and the climate change. And, and, and you know, this this conversation is so it's so people arguing past each other and shouting past each other. If I were to concede 100% that little Greta Thunberg is right and that it's, you know, it's, uh, it's beach weather and the Antarctic and the rest of it, If we were, we, the United States of America, were to enact such draconian and extreme policies that it brought our our carbon emissions way, way, way down, and we actually have been improving pretty quickly, but if we were to bring them way, way down to the point that we just cripple our economy and we have 40% unemployment, we just take all the cars off the roads, blah, 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 Japan is still... Building more coal plants And increasing their emissions China the most populous nation on earth Is increasing their emissions India which is in second place Is increasing their emissions So we're going to cripple ourselves And make ourselves poverty stricken For what? To make your conscience feel better As you go to sleep at night Why don't you play that song it said Put your head to sleep Whoosh, Ding dong Oh
2: boy Tell
1: me, it's killing so me. Uh, thank you, Jack. You're less uh, likely to go to sleep if you have two sexy, sexy lovers in your bed with you. What? A threesome is the most common sexual fantasy among Americans. Is it? According to a survey of thousands of individuals carried out by the Kinsey Institute, uh, uh, sex research. Blah blah blah. Uh, this Dr. Justin Lay, Justin Lay Miller did a book. Tell me what you want is the name of the book. That's that's a sexy title. Uh, highly diverse sample, aged 18 to 87. 87? Yes, sir. 95% of men and 87% of women said they had fantasized about sex with multiple partners. A fantasy is different than a plan or a concrete desire.
2: Uh, how? How... Uh... How far do you have to go even to register as a fantasy? Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Think about it for two seconds. That's a fantasy. Okay, you don't have to like yeah. fully be thinking about it throughout an entire oh, sexual act. Or, or
1: how to get it done or desperately want it. No, you've just had a fantasy about it. Uh, but among those who had acted on it, the research revealed that threesomes were also the fantasy that was least likely to turn out well. Not least because all three individuals involved might have had very different expectations. Most people don't have a script for how a threesome should go. Well, if it's a script, then you're making a porn movie. Yeah, well, I show up with the pizza. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh It's very easy to think. This sounds like a great idea, but the reality is often very different from the way we picture it
2: in our heads. Any kind of threesome? Are we talking sword fighting or two women or what's oh, going on? Oh,
1: boy. I wish you hadn't gone there. Uh, this close... Okay. Those who have not had a threesome imagine it as a straightforward matter of multiplication. The connection, sensation of sex between two people multiply multiplied by 150%. Couples especially may regard the third party as auxiliary, as an add-on to augment their pleasure. But this glosses over the vast potential for complexity beyond a female-female-male or male-male-female gender composition. The fact that triple F or triple M are barely spoken of speaks for itself, does it? I don't don't know that it does. And I've lost track of who's who. (laughs) Well, can we just assume for the moment that most straight guys want a second woman around? Yes.
2: And I'm thinking most straight women don't. So that's where it ends, right?
1: I do not know. I would I would push back against that. I think that, don't think that's true? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Is it, but what percentage? I don't actually have that in front of me. Um, What percentage of women want an extra gal as opposed to a second feller? Uh, I don't know. That's an interesting question.
2: I'd, I'll bet it's much more um, Jim, divided. Than, oh Jim, what do you think of my wife? That just seems so weird. She's an excellent and generous love maker, John. Yeah, you do it when your cruise is docked at some place with somebody you're never going to see again. You can't do it with, you know, the, the, the clerk at the grocery store that you go to every week. Hmm. That's an interesting thought.
1: I don't know. I'll Go to a different grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> Things turn weird.
2: Hey, you Things thought about getting another, another career because I like the store a lot. <laughs> hey, can you stop by the uh, the store on the way home? No, not after <laughs> what happened. No, I can't. I'm
1: sorry, it seemed like a great idea. It can be an absolute sex romp, says Dr. Ryan Scotes. (laughs) Of Coventry University.
2: That's not a real name. That's,
1: that's his name. Scotes. He found the motivations went far beyond straightforward novelty seeking, from taking off a sexual bucket list to settling psychological debts. For example, leveling the score with an unfaithful partner. What? I think that sounds like a great idea. Oh, yeah, they did that... you wrong, you do this. Scales are even, everybody's happy.
2: That's guaranteed great. Ah. <laughs>
1: The Armstrong
2: and Getty Show. We're going to Nevada. We're going
1: to South Carolina. We're going to win those states as well. Bernie Sanders is a phenomenon. He, he is, it, he doesn't get any attention. People don't talk about him. He just continues to rack up these big, big uh, uh, numbers, these big margins. And he's doing stuff that we don't talk about enough. He's appealing to young people and people of color increasingly and women and the beer track voters that you know people talk about for Biden. He, they're showing up for Bernie Sanders. He's got an army of unbelievable uh, donors. If anybody else had all that, we'd be saying this guy's our guy. For whatever reason, we continue to talk about everybody with Bernie Sanders.
2: Yeah, it's funny. I saw an article about today's. Why is the media not talking more about Bernie Sanders and his obviously nobody gets crowds uh, Bernie Trump and Obama are the only three people I can think of that get crowds like they do yep two of them have been president mm-hmm. with just you know the level of enthusiasm and everything like that yikes I don't know what's going on there so uh article in um Washington Post today Bernie Sanders has some problems he he won last night or, or finished in New Hampshire in first place by just a couple of points but uh do you, Jennifer Rubin which one is she have we talked to her before? Have I seen her on the cable news? Seems like one of those names I see on cable news. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Bernie Sanders has problems from the Washington Post. Given that the progressive wing, Sanders plus Warren, managed to get about 35% of the vote last night, while the moderates, that would be Buttigieg, Amy, and Biden added together, are 52%. So moderate 52 Liberal Wing 35. It's clear that the majority of the party is not eager to enter a political suicide pact with a self-described socialist promoting a revolution.
1: He got a much, much, much smaller number than he did against Hillary. Now, granted, there are more people running, but more people rejected socialism this time around than last time, which I think is pretty interesting.
2: As the front runner, Sanders should also expect to take fire for breaking his promise to release all of his medical records. I heard this the other day. He's not going to do that. He's 78 and had a heart attack two months ago. The party has every right to know precisely the state of his health. If he wins the nomination without full disclosure of his health, be prepared for the Trump campaign, which portrayed Hillary Clinton at death's door when she came down with the flu, to portray Sanders with one foot in the grave. <laughs> this is certainly a valid electability issue. Um, boy, I don't know. Will Can Trump make that work? He has released his medical stuff, but not his taxes. Right. So, I don't know. Well,
1: he's the healthiest man to ever be president, according to his wackadoo doctor.
2: <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't know. I'm not that worried about it. Depends I'm not who the is.
2: I don't know. I'm not worried about it either. I, I mean, think... if, if, am
1: I supposed to be more worried about Bernie dying than Bernie? Yeah, exactly. I'll put him in charge of that.
2: It's kind of interesting that Bernie won't release his medical records, though.
1: It is. Now, I wonder was, what uh, what there is in there.
2: That was surprising to me. it got to be wouldn't.
1: something embarrassing. Horrific.
2: I know. I've known a few people well that have had heart attacks, and a- often their diagnosis afterwards is, "You're way healthier now than you were before." Yeah. This had been building up for years. We got you reamed out. You're much better off now than you were before. Right. Is that not the case with Bernie? Because if it is, you'd think you'd want to put that out there. I wonder if there's a mental health issue in there somewhere. Hmm. That would explain it. Medical records
1: in it. Uh... Happens to disclose he's been treated for this, or has expressed you know, concern on multiple
2: occasions about that? That's a good one, and uh, I'm surprised that hasn't ever really worked its way to the top yet.
1: And I think it's kind of uncool, too.
2: It is. We've still yeah. never had a major presidential candidate that has seen a therapist regularly yeah. that we're aware of. Yeah. We've certainly never had one that, you know, I went through a period where I was depressed and I was on, name your drug, uh, Zoloft, Wellbutrin, all those drugs that mm-hmm. gazillions of us in America are on. Right. Uh, people that are on, and and we've never had a presidential candidate. I think it still would be, I don't think you could pull it off. No. I feel like that should be a requirement of the job. Once you get to the, you, at least once a month, you should talk to a therapist, you know,
1: a, a therapist. Yeah, I
2: see what you're saying. And you know, just some unbiased person who can say, hey, I know your job's important, but you, you whatever talk, therapists say, I don't know, I'm not one. You talk <laughs> about glass ceilings for, for race and gender and a variety of things for being president. The one that we haven't even come close to making a dent in is any mental health issues whatsoever.
1: Including the person who, and I'm imagining this, I don't know what Bernie's deal is, uh, has a, a rough patch that are really, really down and looks into depression treatment. And then maybe passes on it, but yeah. it's still in your medical records. Sure. Plus, I have a I have a friend. Uh, I think I can tell this story. Um, it's not true for everybody. Everybody's uh, case is different. Uh, conduct your uh, doctor uh, or ask your doctor if blafiqua is right for you. But <laughs> uh, this person was on anxiety medication for a very long time and isn't anymore. And I asked, "Wow, what changed?" And he said, "Maturity." He said I was I was way too wrapped up in worrying about the wrong things and realized that now I'm a lot better at managing that stuff huh. without the drugs. So is that
2: guy unfit for office? You'd never get elected president with that story. You tell Barbara Wal oh, Barbara, Wal- jeez, come up with a more <laughs> current <laughs> combo. I'm Joe Biden all of a sudden. Hl, HL- make yeah. You dog faced pony boy. <laughs> it's like they used to say in the '30s. Now, you can't go on Anderson Cooper and tell that story and get elected president. Not a chance. Can you get elected as a black guy, a woman, gay, any of those things? Absolutely. Not a problem. You go what on Anderson Cooper. about a black lesbian woman? Y- yes, I think you could. All Be- right. Before you could. Finally. Before you could go Anderson Cooper and say, yeah, I was taking drugs for being depressed and turned out I wasn't depressed, I just need to get my act together or something like that. No way you get elected president. Mm. And I, I don't think you could say, I was 25 and, uh, I don't know, my parents divorced and my dog died and I went through a period where I was on Zoloft for a while. And no way. I don't think you can. Yeah. I, 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 I want to be clear.
1: I'm <laughs> not going nuts.
2: I don't think that's fair. No, but you're going home, Joe. <laughs> well, fair got nothing to do with it, Jack. It's interesting. I wonder why attitudes, that is attitudes are in,
1: uh, evolving and will continue. Well, you want to know somebody's mentally stable if they have the nuclear codes. You'd eh, like, like to think point. they're a very stable genius.
2: Oh, absolutely, that's a fair point. But it's not a fair point to say that if anybody ever had any mental health care right. that they're not capable of doing that. I would agree with you, but that seems to be where we are as a nation. Yes, yes we are. Yes we are. You'd never even get the nomination. Probably not. No. Nope. Okay, there you go. That's what it is then. That's why he won't release his medical records, because he took something for depression or anxiety or something at some point.
1: Maybe he was, like, really down in 89 when the Soviet Union was falling apart (laughs) and his beloved communism was exposed as a disaster. Uh, I'm sorry.
2: I just didn't know. So apparently this guy Jay Matthews has also been writing in the Washington Post for years pointing out how the taller candidate almost always wins elections, and that is true. It's Mm. just... Factually true, particularly for presidents. Trump is obsessed with height. Now he's trying to weaponize it in the election,
1: and he, he is obsessed with height.
2: Yeah, and this this uh, J. Matthews writes, uh, I feel like I'm to blame. For 32 years, I've been reporting in this newspaper, the Washington Post, about the effect of height on electoral success. No other journalist or political scientist ever seemed inclined to heed my research, but Trump recognizes this unhappy truth. Height is destiny, and all too often the taller candidate wins. And that's how you end up with little Marco, little Katie. Who is little Katie? Little Rocket Man, little Bob Corker, little Adam Schiff, who, by the way, is 5'11", which is the average height of men. His pencil neck is fair game as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) How about his beady eyes? Yeah. Who is little Katie? Little kid. oh I'm um, uh, uh one of your MSNBC reporters. Oh, okay. She's uh, very short and uh yeah. Therefore worthless. <laughs> God, I hope my uh,
1: I hope my daughter isn't listening. I have two diminutive daughters.
2: Well you were being sarcastic.
1: How, uh, or was I?
2: <laughs> you were pointing out how stupid that would be. Yes. yes. And, and therefore unable to make reasonable decisions because right. you're not this tall.
1: Right. I just—I was afraid my delivery was so dry.
2: Because we know everybody we've ever known in our lives who were was tall, was brilliant, and made good decisions.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a direct correlation.
2: But this guy says I've been pointing out for years that this is just a fact, and Trump knows this. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Bloomberg's five eight, by the way. And Trump tweeted yesterday: "Mini Mike is short. Is a short ball hitter. Tiny club head speed. Keep America great." <laughs> True.
1: Being long off the tee? I'm obsessed with golf, and I think that's ridiculous.
2: Jay Matthews writes, I started writing about this back in 1988, the year George H.W. Bush, 6'2", faced off against Michael Dukakis, 5'8". Please.
1: Oh, not even close. Punked him. Uh, like a little runt he is. Go back to Massachusetts, you
2: helmet-wearing, murderer-releasing piece of garbage. Trump says he's 6'3". Which is still what you get with you Googled it. But this guy says in a a 2016 primary debate, he clearly seemed to be shorter than Jeb Bush, who's 6'3". I don't know. I don't have any idea. Trump looks like a pretty big guy to me whenever he's standing next to anybody. I got a picture of him here next to uh, 5'8", Bloomberg.
1: So Jebediah, obviously, was an exception. I mean, if you are so bland and hapless that you can't get past 2%, you can be 7'11", and it just wouldn't help you. (laughs) Please
2: clap. Yeah. So uh, Yao Ming is not going to become president just because he's tall. Right. Okay. It helps. It. Okay, so this guy's saying Trump's only six 6'2". Well, maybe. I don't know. Does, what is it, the hell's the difference?
1: I don't think it works the same among women, does it? Should Amy Klobuchar throw on some 6-inch spike heels? Because she's 5'4"?
2: Yeah, is she that short? She's I think always, that's the same size as my daughter Delaney. She's always referencing uh, hmm. Madison, founding father, James Madison. Right. Is that his name?
1: Lil James. Lil Jemmy Madison. He always says, she always says
2: James Madison was 5'4. No, it's a good point. Is
1: it? Yes.
2: I don't
1: know. And then uh, Madison, uh, Jack, had two arms just like me. So that means I'm like James Madison. Please.
2: Abraham Lincoln beat an opponent that was 10, each, 10 inches shorter than him. Yeah. Okay. I don't think that's the reason.
1: Well, it, it, he beat him with his fists, or he, he bested him at the ballot box. Since
2: 1952, when many voters had their first chance to see presidential candidates on television, 12 of the 17 contests have been won by the taller person. 12 out of 17 is pretty pretty impressive number. It is. And nor, no shorter candidate has ever succeeded overcoming a deficit larger than 5 inches. <sighs> the gap between W and John Kerry in 2004. Bush is the exception, beating the taller John Kerry.
1: Yeah, as an incumbent. 12 out of 17 w- were the other five short guy victories incumbents. I mean because you have to adjust for incumbency. So if everybody who's overcome the height gap has been an incumbent, I mean that just proves it.
2: I'm decent with presidential history but I don't know how tall George McGovern was, so I can't really join in this conversation. No, nah, I don't care. I'm not really good on the height of Walter Mondale, so not that into it. <laughs> I think it's just funny, the guys that have been writing about it for years and now the president has really weaponized the whole height thing. Right. How big's Bernie? I don't know. He He hunches over a little bit. He he looks like a pretty big guy to me. I've seen him on the softball field when he's doing that whole thing. He looks like a pretty big guy.
1: Moves well for a man of his age, too. Oh, yeah. I'll grant him that.
2: Yeah, he's no shuffling old Joe Uh, Biden. Richard Nixon was slightly shorter than George McGovern. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) This is some yeah, good. dumb analysis, right yeah, here. McGovern was six foot one. Who I got them all. Who Who you need to know? Would do we have Bernie's height? I and mean, it's unfortunate, probably not on the page you're on. But this is the dumbest Release conversation Release the medical we've ever records. Had. Oh uh, yeah. completely meaningless. A smooth six feet, right there. Six, six right foot. even. I spent most
1: of my life at five eleven. Bitter that I hadn't reached six feet.
2: Well, hand size became a big deal last election, right? Trump's <laughs> hand size. That's right. Does he actually have tiny white. hands or not? He is somewhat short-fingered, but
1: that's not a sin.
2: Oh, God, no. No, it's not. No, it's Please, not. Please, the, as the world's oldest democracy and the biggest economy in the world, let's make our decisions on something other than height and hand size. How, how pencilish your neck is. <laughs> For instance. For instance.
1: Armstrong and Getty. the Armstrong and Getty show
2: One of our best tweeters tweeted at us Happy belated birthday to Big Freedom that's you so glad you exist Thanks my friend Wow that's a that's a nice thing to say So
1: glad you exist I'm glad I exist too most days <laughs> But if you didn't you wouldn't know it Right So bit <laughs> of a mind blank <laughs> Most days Wow Okay Ooh. You know how it goes. Mm-hmm. People living in an encampment along Sand Creek in the Denver area are packing it up and moving it out. The city is clearing a bum camp out of that part of uh, this beautiful country.
2: Are you seeing a big stack of uh, mattresses and garbage on the corner over here? Yeah. What is uh, going on here How long is that going to be there? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's just incredible. I mean, there are decent restaurants. Buildings, apartments, businesses around here. You just got a stack of garbage on the corner.
1: Yeah, enormous. I'm sure there are rats about and uh, and and other vermin and God knows what else.
2: Yes, hanson That pile has doubled in size since yesterday. Oh, it has. It grew by one cart. That'll be an interesting one to to follow. See how long it is there. Well, and it will grow
1: because people will see that lawlessness permitted and they will glom onto it and. Uh, before you know we'll have an enormous rat infested mountain of garbage but anyway they cited pest activity human waste trash accumulation and harborage conditions
2: mm harborage conditions i don't know what that is
1: anyway uh but the city officials in liberal liberal colorado said uh, that's enough you got to go and they cleaned it out um and uh and said you got to move along, uh, in spite of the. Uh, well, Denver is actually appealing the uh, decision that enforcing camping bans is is illegal or unconstitutional if, unless there's a bed for every bum and junkie within shouting distance. But uh, more and more places around the country are waking up and realizing, oh, compassion without lawfulness will lead to chaos and filth and rats and the rest. You just can't have it. I know it makes you feel bad. It's like that uh, Adam Carolla thing we played yesterday. You're not a bad person. You're not a mean person if you say, look, you can't shoot up here. There's kids playing.
2: It's um, a, a bigger issue on the West Coast than the rest of the country. Is it enough to be a national issue yet? Half the homeless people in the whole country are in California. Yeah. So that's pretty impressive. Maybe in the presidential election, Trump against Bernie or whoever, Trump could come out here, uh, out to California and say, this homeless situation's got to go, and then, you know, I don't know. Maybe make some headway there. People are tired of it.
1: I wonder what the uh, candidate's stance is on uh, bums and junkies. I don't know. Probably come out in some Super Tuesday debate, I wonder. I
2: bet I could guess.
1: We've now entered Final Thoughts with your host, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. That's
2: kind of like that music designed to put you to sleep. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Yeah, hey, let's get a final thought from everybody
1: on the crew to wrap things up. Michelangelo presses the buttons. He keeps us on the air. Michael, final thought?
2: Okay, um, Andrew Yang and Michael Bennett, campaign workers, need your help today. If you see one holding a sign on the corner, be kind. Give a 99-cent taco and some kind words. They're hurting this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Bennett. They're hurting this morning. Positive Sean, our producer. Final thought for us? Yeah, I was a huge fan of Andrew Yang. He he ran one heck of a campaign. I hope his voice is uh, heard on the national stage for years to come. Jack, final thought? wonder if he'll be the secretary or something. That'd be yeah. a cabinet position of some sort. That whole he should run for mayor New York talk sure started fast. I didn't even know he's a New Yorker. I didn't either. I'm not sure he has any interest in the job. Hmm. Uh, Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship. A foreign film won the Oscars. Now a French poodle has won the Westminster Dog Show. Ooh. Huh? America first. <laughs> We have a, oh, I,
1: I'm not going to, well, I will make this my final thought. We are commemorating what is almost certainly the end of Joe Biden's 2020 presidential campaign with a flash sale on our Hey Esther Armstrong and Getty t-shirts. <laughs> that was a fun time, wasn't it's it? dot armstrongandgetty.com. The discount code is at armstrongandgetty.com. I said, Hey Esther! We will not sell your data to, to anybody as far as I know. Do we sell anybody's data?
2: A little hard bit, Hard maybe. to say. We're hard probably going say. through a third-party app that's stealing everything you have.
1: <laughs> yeah. Please. They're probably watching you while you use the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, it's just... I'm
2: never having a privacy these days. Sometimes. Oh, oh, oh. I, I feel like i got to get a Biden t-shirt. I feel like that, that's uh, the sort of thing I want to have. Yes. It's, it's, it's an emblematic of something. Yes. Am it I... is
1: deliciously
2: ironic. Yeah, I might get a Biden hat that I rocked for a couple of years. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Here's my final thought. Joe Biden is proof that
1: if at first you don't succeed, try and try again. And But if you fail over and over
2: again, maybe you just suck at it. Maybe you just got to stop. Has never Has never finished higher than fourth in three attempts. And they talked him into trying again. I feel That's bad for the guy. Something. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. God bless America.
1: uh what you're doing i busted my neck armstrong and getty
0: okay round 2 name something that's not boring a laundry ooh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes Chumba Casino.com. No purchase necessary. Full for prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health.